the power of success stories, and a word about criticism. Hello, it's Laura Brecca coming to you from Lake Las Vegas in Henderson, Nevada, right outside of Las Vegas. Well, power stories. The power of successful people and you learning about them. Why should we read about them anyway? Why should we learn about successful people? Mm, Well, the answer might surprise you. You see, here's the thing. When you do read about successful people, what's the first thing that happens? Well, it inspires you, right? You say somewhere deep inside, whether you're saying it aloud or not, you think, if they can do it, maybe I can too. So it gives you permission, permission to try, permission to maybe, perhaps, make it in life. Another reason we like to read success stories is because it kind of gives us a a model, like a roadmap. Well, what did they do? How did they beat the odds? How did the Wright brothers finally get an aircraft off the ground and in the air and flying as heavy as they were? And no one had done it before. And they had no resources. What did they do that helped them be successful and to break through the fear barrier? That's what it is, you know. That's what stops most people, the fear barrier. Some would call it the terror barrier. You feel terrified about uh, what might happen if you're brave and bold and step out and do what most people won't do. I've heard it said that for someone to be successful, they need to be competent, passionate, and committed. Well, I would agree with the passionate part. Everyone does. Everyone says, yeah, people that make it, they're really passionate about what they do. And committed, yep, you bet. You got to be committed to it. And if you're passionate about it, then it's easy to be committed to something because you really, really want it. But I wonder about this third component, competent. This is where most people get tripped up. They do work on their skill set, and you should. But the thought, the feeling, the knowingness that these people who made it before, these success stories, were competent in some way that you are not, that's the big lie. See, in all the studying I've done of successful people, they weren't all very competent. As a matter of fact, most of them were more resourceful and or lucky than they were competent. Let me explain. Competency means that you know how to do what it is you're doing. But if you asked Ford before he created the Model T, which was the first vehicle, the first car, uh, he wasn't competent at how everything works, but he found and surrounded himself by people who did know the things that he didn't know. So, passionate, committed, but you don't have to be that competent. Well, that kind of saves you a little bit of worry, doesn't it? Saves you a lot of time of trying to learn everything and be good at everything. You don't have to. Instead, you have to be resourceful. You have to be able to find others who can do what you can't do. And I would add lucky. Now, before you chop my head off here, when I say lucky, I don't mean someone who sits around and does nothing and everything good happens to them. I mean lucky, what appears to be lucky, but really there's work going on. It's just not visible. The person who looks like they're daydreaming, but really they're imagining the possibilities and getting creative and coming up with ideas. You would say they're lucky, but the reality is they're just doing things that you can't 
really pinpoint what they're doing. So you say they're lucky. Or how about the person who works and works and labors and is made fun of and told you're never going to make anything of yourself. They finally make it and everyone says he was lucky. (laughs) They use that as an excuse because they don't understand how did he do it. He's not that competent. Uh, and, And it's true because you don't have to be that competent. Am I saying don't develop any skill sets? No. I'm just saying develop the right skill sets. The power of success stories, according to Laura, because of course, you know, everyone has their own view. And as I always say, look, see what you see, not what I tell you to see. So listen to what I say and then formulate your own ideas. The power of success stories is that number one, they're inspirational and they give you that power to say, if they can do it, I can do it. And it helps you with your passion. It helps you to not peter out when you feel like nothing's working. Maybe I should give up. Read about some other successful people and it'll help you get back on track. The other thing is it can often give you a model. You can say, oh, wow, Henry Ford, hmm, let's see, what did he do to make it so successful, the things he did? Or how about the Wright brothers that we mentioned earlier? What did they do that others didn't do in their day that made them successful and not the others who tried? Was it money? No, they didn't have that much money. So you could go through the things that others were doing that didn't work and what your heroes did that did work. And then you can have a better model on things that you could try. But in my estimation, reading uh, success stories and people that have made it, it, it's more about the inspiration. It's more about that belief in yourself that can only be developed by, well, let's say, how can you develop the belief in yourself? First of all, just having that knowingness that you were created for something greater those of us who have done great things have always had that feeling that, you know, I, I really think I can do more than I've already done. And the belief system that you can do something, you're worthy of doing something, you were put here on this planet to do something, all of that can come uh, and can be enhanced by reading about, listening to, and researching successful heroes, people that you admire. Now, a word about your inner critic, because criticism can thwart all of your efforts. Why do I say that? Because you are your worst enemy. How do I know? Because I am my worst enemy. (laughs) Because that inner critic is the real problem. So how do you build yourself up to get rid of that inner critic? You remember when you were a child and they would say, oh, there's the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. Which one will you listen to? And the kids would always be like, hmm, let's see, I want to listen to the devil and go have fun and get in trouble. But okay, I'll listen to the angel. (laughs) And hopefully the children choose to listen to the angel on that shoulder. Well, you need to be your own angel. We already know we can be our own devil. So you need to be your own angel and you can decide to help yourself get through these rough spots when you really need to kind of have that um, motivation. So here's one way to build yourself up. Say, I love you to yourself. Even if you just say it in your head, you know, Laura, I really love you. I can say that to myself and until I believe it, (laughs) right? Because the first time you say it, unless your parents were very loving and you already feel very secure, it cannot hurt for you to give yourself a pep talk. Well, here's another thing that can build yourself up, and that is 
self-care, and I touched on this in previous episodes, self-care, being able to do little things for yourself that will help you not just physically or mentally, but also emotionally and even spiritually. Do the things that help build you up. Then you're stronger to handle things and you can silence that inner critic because the more you believe in yourself and build yourself up and take care of yourself, the less that inner critic has a strong voice. It becomes a soft little whisper that you don't even have to listen to. I generally think Dale Carnegie is a pretty great fellow and he has this little golden book, but I'm going to say now at the risk of being uh, made fun of that I disagree with some of his core beliefs. Now in the golden book, Dale Carnegie says, don't worry about criticism. And here's why he says, number one, unjust criticism is often a disguised compliment. Number two, do the very best you can. Number three, analyze your own mistakes and criticize yourself. Well, I would say I definitely disagree, uh, disagree with at least a third of those, probably all three or at least, you know, most, more than half. And here's why. Here's what I believe. I believe that analyzing your own mistakes and criticizing yourself is not the way to go. We already have the world criticizing us. We do not need to criticize ourselves. Rather, we can analyze what we've done. You know, I always say, and uh, this is very familiar to those of you that have been in the service in any way, in any country, and that is plan, execute, review. I often tell people, plan what you're going to do, go ahead and do it, and then review how did it go? What could you do differently next time? What could you do better? And so, yes, do that, but do not criticize yourself. Do the best you can? Yes, I do agree with that. Matter of fact, that's one of my um, mottos is do the best you can. I always do my best and that way I never have any regrets. If you always do your best, no matter how it turns out, you can say to yourself, well, I did my best. Don't worry about criticism, but not for the reasons Dale Carnegie says. Don't worry about criticism because you are going to stop your worst critic and then you won't have that criticism to worry about. If you feel strong and have built yourself up, you won't care when other people tell you things that are critical because you don't listen to them. The problem with society today is we train people to worry about what other people think. And then when that stops us, we wonder why. Well, because we've been trained to worry about what other people think. Starts as a child, worry about what your parents think. Then as you get older, worry about what your teachers think about you. Then when you get even older, worry about what your boss thinks of you. God forbid you get married and worry about what your spouse thinks of you. Even many parents, particularly mothers, worry about what their kids think of them. This is not the way to be. If you worry about criticism, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You really are. So back to the power stories, the success stories. I am writing children's stories right now. Why? Well, firstly, because I was born to teach and all my years teaching in elementary school, I always said that someday when I get old, I'm gonna sit on the beach and write children's stories. And my friend, I am not old, but I am older. I'm old enough, several decades old. I'm old enough that I'm writing my children's stories now. And here's really why, because that's where it all starts. That's where children are able to learn 
aside from learning from your own mistakes, which takes a lot of time and does work, admittedly. However, it's costly time-wise and in other ways as well. So yes, we're learning from our mistakes, but why not read about others and learn from their mistakes so we don't have to do them? So writing children's stories will help many a child and their parents who are reading them aloud to them will help them with things that could come up in their lives or that definitely will come up or that have already come up and help them to deal with those things. Here's your call to action. Call to action. I'm calling you to action. Or some would say your homework. And here it is. Go ahead. Listen to your favorite gurus. Read about your favorite heroes. Research famous people in history. This way, you will have more inspiration. You will have more motivation. Your mojo will be stronger. You won't be able to say, my get up and go, got up and went. Instead, you'll say, I'm ready. I'm here. Let the people you read about that you think are your heroes, and don't let other people tell you who to consider a hero. You choose who you admire. Let their success motivate you into your success. Here's to your success.